Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Today's episode is sponsored by my Lit Daily Online Yoga Classes. This is an exclusive pass into my personal practice and program that I created from experience as a physical therapist and 20 years developing my lit yoga methodology. There is a different class with me every day, including special monthly live streams, so you can feel your most lit up anytime and anywhere. Get a three-day free trial today by going to movementbylara.com and clicking daily classes. Let's get moving. Good movement, and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a Movement by Lara podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns, so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Today's podcast is called, Are We There Yet? Patience Through Presence. So we're on our hike, and as you know from either you've had a kid yourself or heard about how kids in the car, and maybe as a kid yourself, there's always one kid in the family who asks the question boldly, are we there yet? Are we there yet? And it becomes that kind of annoying phrase because, well, you're not there, so you're not there yet. And, and it's hard to explain to a kid, you know, look, we're going to be there soon. But how do you how do you actually deal with that feeling of are you there yet? Because the ki- kids often speak out loud what adults are thinking. And I, I often think that kids process things in so well because they they don't bury a feeling. They don't bite back uh, a, a phrase or a, a question like that. They just go with it. And so while it's kind of annoying sometimes because they might be whiny or asking us the questions, a lot of times they're asking the questions that we are also thinking, but we've been socialized to become more patient and to not ask those questions. But we might still be feeling that sense of gritting our teeth, are we there yet feeling. So on our family hike, 
as you know, the from previous podcasts, this is called the one of our big hashtags in our family is TSBT, hashtag TSBT. This shizzle, because I'm trying to keep it PG, this shizzle builds tenacity. And it is that idea that instead of asking, are you there? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? Or when are we going to be there? You just have to refocus and develop patience. So developing um, patience through being present in the moment to moment. So that sounds wonderful, but how, how do you do that? How do we actually teach our kids to do it? How do we do it ourselves? When we're feeling really impatient, wanting to get ahead of ourselves, thinking about the future, whether it's we're, we're enduring something and we're wondering when it's going to be over with, and that could be traveling in the car, it could be hiking like we're doing, it could be a project at work, it could be a number of things could be moving out of the house and having to clear stuff. I mean, there's there's a lot of things we have to develop this, this patience for and not jump ahead and wonder like, when is this going to be done? Because often that doesn't, that doesn't help as long as it's normal to have those feelings and it's human um, to wonder when something's going to be over with. But if we could stay in the more present moment, it will help us mentally so that we're not kind of always disappointed that we're not there yet. So some techniques that we have used in our hikes will continue to employ in this hike, but we've used these with our kids and now they're a little bit older. So it'll be interesting to see how they change as we're hiking together and how when they hit their low moments, what their adaptations or um, how they can find patience through presence. So some of the things we've used in the past and will continue and are continuing to use in this hike include some of these things. So not first thing is how do we do this? Well, taking breaths. I mean it sounds so hokey, but either the the mere action of taking bigger breaths or also the counting of the breaths can both help that returning to the state of being present and not being in this, are we there yet stage. So it could be simply that when you're starting to feel that, or you're with your kids and they're doing that, or you're with anyone and, or, and you're getting this kind of drag down, are we there yet kind of feeling, take a moment and breathe. And obviously we breathe no matter what, but I'm talking about the big, full diaphragmatic breaths where you, you really let go of that breath, exhale it out, and then follow it down like you're following um, water down a tube. Just follow it all the way down, that exhale, and then breathe in and imagine the breath moving up like a cylinder. And it's almost like a funnel that, that opens up more at the top. And then kind of funneling that breath down as you exhale. So that's one technique, and it has definitely worked when my kids were tired and previous trips, and they got that, they just had that low lagging energy. And taking some deep breaths and then saying, hey, you know what? Breathe and really focus on your breath and maybe even count your breath and do that until I tell you to stop. And it'll be about two to five minutes. And that has helped. It brings the nervous system back to a more um, kind of homeostatic place. And it can, the, 
taking bigger and deeper breaths is going to revitalize your energy. It's also bringing your mind into um, a more clear focus. So you're not jumping ahead into the future, wondering where you're going to get there and then kind of perseverating on that, which that's what brings you down. Honestly, you just are brought down by this, like when it's dragging, when are we going to be there? And then you keep asking it and you're hooked onto that place. So the breath uh, gets your mind clear so that you can be present and then you can focus on something else. So the next stage after I would say about taking deep breaths is do something that engages your mind and that gives you some, like a boost of energy. And often when we're hiking, and you can do this in the car as well, is sing a song and sing a really silly song, a song that is from like your childhood, something that has that rhythm, the um, kind of repetitive nature to it. Because actually that repetitive nature where you know it and you're singing it and you know the rhythm of it is another um, way, almost like a metronome of, of hooking you into the present moment. And again, when you're more present, you're more patient. It just happens. We get not very patient when we pop out of that present moment. So singing a song is so fun to do, especially when we're hiking. We sing a lot of songs and it helps. And then you get in the rhythm with your breath and then you get in the rhythm with your hiking. And all of a sudden there's a surge of energy. It doesn't matter if your feet are tired or your hips are tired or your body's tired or whatever. It just kind of feeds the spirit so you can continue on. And I think there's a lot of obviously evidence that has supported this. You have all of the the Marines and I'm sure other divisions of the military have songs they sing and these kind of chanting rhythmic that they, songs that they chant when they're doing their exercises, they're running and they're doing drills because it, it keeps you present and it really helps you stay focused. So that would be the second thing is take deep breaths, get your breath going, focus on that, and then, and then turn that focus into something that's even more delightful, like singing a song. So the other thing my husband does is he will bring some copies of songs so that we, if we run out of ideas, we have some songs that we might know the tunes to, but we don't know the words to. So we have copies of that and we'll look at that as we're hiking. And and in this trip, he's bringing a ukulele. So we'll even be hiking and probably singing in the ukulele. So we'll be a real interesting pack there. (laughs) The other thing is, that you can do is actually learn something. So singing a song is great, especially if you know it has the rhythm, you don't have to overthink it. It's not going to tax your mind. But another option, like a third option here is to learn something like maybe memorize a poem. So use your brain in a way that actually is going to get it firing and sparking and those neurons like, you know, lit up. And not that you're like, kind of killing time, but it is a really great way of spending time in a in a fabulous way that you might not otherwise. So if you are kind of imprisoned in your car, you know, and if you're on a long car trip, that's where the are you there, are we there yet feeling happens a lot. Instead of just being on electronics, and um, why not do some other things that actually do occupy the brain, like memorizing a poem or memorizing uh, some lines to a play. So my husband is an actor and 
he and my daughter, um, on our last trip across Scotland, they practiced lines from a Shakespeare play because both of them are really into Shakespeare. I mean, I am, and I am as well, but my husband is really into it. My daughter's really into it. I think there's 49 plays in the canon in his primary canon, and they've seen like 39 of them. They've seen all but two. I mean, they've really, and so they know the lines, they know the language. And so they went back and forth and were learning this. And, and it was helpful because my daughter was going to be doing a Shakespeare play in the fall. And so we're doing this on this trip as well, because my daughter's going to be going to an, um, an acting, a conservatory for the summer after we get back. So she'll be working on lines with my hubby and, but it doesn't have to be a play. It could be a poem. It could be anything that you're using your mind and you're memorizing something and then you're doing it again. And you're doing this as you're walking, you're doing this in the car. And it's just a lovely way of, again, staying present, having patience and being able to focus on something. All right. So we focused on our breath. We focused on some fun songs that we might already know that we're just singing in and that gives us joy and rhythm. And then you could also do something like engaging, memorizing a poem or something like that. And in that vein, you could also tell stories. So another thing we've done on our on our trips before is the kids would come up with two or three kind of situational uh, background. And so they would say, oh, okay, there is a woman who is 50 years old and she has a daughter who is 13 years old and they live in you know, some area, they live in Australia and they um, grow hemp seeds. And one night they, their power went out and they would do something like da, 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 you know, and then I, then they turned to me and I would have to create this story about it. So they would give me the, um, kind of main ideas, the main players, and then I would tell the story. So that was really great for me because I would have to be creative on the spot and I, and, and we would be walking and I'd be making up these stories and, we did a lot of those. And sometimes I'd get to the point where I was like, I cannot make up another story. <laughs> like I'm tapped out of my creativity. But it was awesome for me. It was great for the kids because they were listening. They were, you know, paying attention. And again, we're moment to moment having that patience. And that again takes you out of that space of of wondering when when you're gonna be there. Are we there yet? So that's another thing to do is telling stories. And you can do it, and if you have enough people, we had four of us, so sometimes four is not quite enough, but like where one person tells a line or two, and then the next person has to tell the next line. So you do, you create a storyline together. So these are just really fun ways of, um, you know, being creative and and bonding, and then having and having this this time of 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 creativity and spark. And not just drudgery as you're as you're trying to um, get through something. Now, if you're trying to are you there yet? Uh, get through a project. You this might be distracting. However, it might not be distracting. It might be really nice to take the time and give yourself permission for twenty to thirty minutes to do something that isn't related to your project, but that will really get you plugged into your the present state. And that could be that. You dance, you sing, you read a you know you read a magazine, you go outside in nature, 
but you do something that is occupying your mind and keeping it occupied in that state, you know, that you're not wandering off. It's kind of the opposite of ADD. It's really trying to pull you into it to a task that's joyful. And that again will make the stuff that you might find more or less joy or less joyful, more, more, I didn't want to say drudgery, but more, you know, taxing on your energy. It'll make that feel less so. And again, we'll give you that patience that you need. Uh, another thing that I we do, and this could be a, applicable on a hike, it could be on a car ride, and it could again be in a project. And this ties in a little bit with what I was saying about a project and giving yourself 30 minutes, but is a negotiate. Negotiate with yourself. So you could say something like, okay, in 10 minutes, I'm going to sit down and have a snack. So if I'm hiking, let's like, I'll say, okay, guys, we're not, let's, let's stay focused, keep breathing. Um, in 10 minutes, I'll let you know, and we'll sit down and we'll have a little snack. You know, with my kids um, I, in the past, I don't, you know, I don't know how well it'll work now, but when they were little, it was like, okay, if you can, let's hike for 10 more minutes, work on your breath, sing your songs or whatever, and I will give you a piece of gum. Like that was a big you know, treat, you know, let me give you a piece of gum. Okay. But you got, let's go 10 minutes. So there's ways you can negotiate with others, maybe in the family or in your group and in, and with yourself as well. Like just negotiate to help sustain that patience. Like give yourself a little reward if you stick with this, but really that'll, but make up something that would be, um, you know, exciting. So in 10 or 15 minutes, I'm going to go and go downstairs and it doesn't have to be a bite to eat. It could be a big glass of water or put, put on music and dance or go outside and take a 10 minute walk. But give yourself a little bit of a treat that more than anything is getting you out of this moment where you're being dragged down and wondering, are you there yet? So negotiate with some kind of reward, you know, whether it's a snack or a rest or a dance or, um, calling somebody on the phone or whatever it is. Or I would say if the reward is, if you've been on the computer, for example, and you're doing a project, I don't want, I don't think your reward should be watching 10 minutes of like something that's mindless because you've already been on the computer. Get away from the computer for 10 minutes and let that be your reward. So negotiate, like stay with the project for 10 more minutes and then go. But say you've been reorganizing your your closet and it's been like all weekend and you're like, am I there yet? But you look around and you see so much and it's kind of overwhelming you. Then negotiate and say, let me do this for 10 more minutes and I'll go downstairs, have a snack and watch some funny thing or I'll dance or whatever. That would be fine to do, but don't, don't let the reward be something that's just a continuation of what you're already doing, which is watching the computer. So those are just some ideas. So again, let's just review. And this could again, apply to an endurance thing, like, like hiking an endurance thing like being in a car, especially being in a car with kids. But this could also be with you. Like if you were on a long car trip and you're thinking, are we there yet? How are we, how are you going to get through that? But it could be with any project, any work thing, anything in life, a life project that there is a, a quality of endurance to it. And an are you there yet kind of quality? What can you do to develop that patience to be present? Breathe and count your breaths, take deep, deep breaths, sing a song or memorize a poem or a paragraph in a book to keep you engaged. Tell stories. You can, 
negotiate. The other thing that's really fun is to visualize. You know, visualize if you find that you're, if you're kind of all scattered, um, visualize where you are and then just kind of visualize the path you're going on and get a sense of, of like that you're really close and that you are going to get there, you know, and just have this feeling of determination. So all of these mind tools are, are helpful for developing that presence and that patience. So keep pulling for us on our trail. Know that we're going to be um, building some tenacity for sure. And I hope you are as well. And you can join in, if you haven't already, join in on my lit daily movementbylara.com. Go to the daily classes. There's two weeks of free trials with two weeks of content that are all these different themes that correspond to our hiking for raising money for a farm sanctuary. And I hope that you can join that. Just go in and see and, and think about how you can develop your own tenacity and your own patience to persevere whenever you need it. Sending you lots of hugs, pulling for you as always. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.